It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. We've got some some somewhat good news, I guess, on the injury front and some part of the system and uh, some bad news on other ends of the system. This is the Farm Report Podcast. I'm Justin Latta, and this week we're getting Caleb Phillips back for his second trip through. Caleb, you were the first one we had on, I think, when we – well, I had Willie on first, and then you were the first other beat reporter to come on. So uh, welcome back through your – second trip through how are things going for you things are going good i'm enjoying some time off while akron's on the road and ready to get back out there uh in the coming weeks yeah everybody was on the road last week the only the only affiliate that was at home which is not in ohio where all of us are currently based is was lynchburg columbus has been on the road uh akron has been on the road and they're still on the road for another week and then lake county was on the road they finally come home tuesday yeah, Lynchburg was at home. So we have not really had a whole lot of uh, in the way of game reports. Just a lot of uh, watching highlights and watching MILB TV. And the first thing we saw this week, I guess the really the good bit of news was that George Valera came back from his uh, oblique injury. He missed a month. Um, his first game back, though, he had a single, a walk, and a home run. So he looked really good. Uh, he only played five innings. And the other game that he played in, he played three games this week, I, and he one of the other games he went over for 2, and the other game he came back, he walked twice and sold base. So I've seen a lot of people on Twitter getting frustrated with him not playing every game or not playing every inning of every game and um, wondering why he keeps getting pulled if he's hurt again, and it's just because they're bringing him back slowly. And, um, you know, he's missed a lot of time this year. He's missed a lot of time in the past with injuries. So they need him healthy the rest of the year so they can really evaluate him going forward and, Make sure they're making – I mean, he's going to be on the 40-man roster anyway at the end of the year because they don't want to risk losing the Rule 5 draft. But, you know, they want to see a full season. They want to see some progression on him, and that means giving, getting him on the field as much as possible. So it's going to be a, a slow return for Valera. Uh, Xavier Curry got promoted to Lake County. That's the other bit of news. His first start was really good. He struck out seven in five innings, two walks, was about 91 to 94, showed his good curveball, actually had a pretty good slider. Uh, that was a pretty impressive debut. He looked just as good in his first high A start as he did in low A. So that hasn't really been a, an issue. And then uh, the other promotion was Trenton Brooks going up to Columbus, who had a whale of a, a year in Akron so far. Uh, he had a two-homer game his like first week up there. He's already got a 996 OPS in 22 at-bats. And before we get to the bad news, well, we can talk about Brooks when we get to Akron. Uh Caleb, so maybe we get to the bad the bad news first. Yeah, um, some bad news. That's today. all the good news. <laughs> yeah, Shane Bieber is out for two weeks with a shoulder injury. He didn't look great Sunday. He's kind of been struggling, I think. I wouldn't say struggling. He's struggling for what Shane Bieber does for the last couple of starts. So now he's going to be out at least two weeks. They're going to reevaluate him then. This is a... The Indians are a team that's already been impacted by a lot of pitching injuries. And honestly, Columbus has suffered a lot of injuries as well and on, on the pitching side of things. So I think this is going to create a lot of ripple effects up and down the system. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of it. it it's not – It's either way, the situation is not good. It's There's really no good way to handle it with the injuries they've already had. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously, you know, something that we really – the Indians just can't can't really afford to happen. Um, you know, it's it's been kind of – I've been wondering the past couple of years, you know, as the Indians keep selling off these pitchers, you know, when is it going to come back to bite them? Well, it has this year. And and the top of the double-A, triple-A, the, the, the pitching depth really just isn't there, unfortunately. Um, I know I've personally seen that in Akron, um, just not – not as talented as we're seeing in, in Lake County and, and in Lynchburg. So there's really no reinforcements. They're going to have to go with what they've got. And, uh, you know, luckily this is a soft spot in their schedule. And hopefully Beaver comes back in, and I mean, who knows, in a month, I think. I mean, really, who knows? Those, it's such a weird injury, and there's no timetable, so it's really tough to say when he'll be back. Yeah, shoulder injuries are not good. 
especially for pitchers. Hopefully it's, you know, just some soreness. I think it was a, what was the official terminology? Something scapula? Yeah, it's in his, here, I'll only pull it up, in his shoulder. It's, what, what worries me with these type of injuries is you always, oh, they'll be reevaluated in two weeks. That means he's, he's sitting down for two weeks, not throwing, which. Right means he's going to need time. Even if he's cleared after the two weeks, he's going to need time to ramp back up, maybe even make a rehab start. So that's that's the concerning concerning part with all this. Um, so yeah, it says right shoulder strain. I know there was a, a, a medical term. It's a, it's a subscapularis muscle strain. Yeah. yeah it does I, not, know. I have no, no clue what that is. <laughs> I don't think you do either. But, yeah, it obviously doesn't sound great. <laughs> My my general history with injuries is if you cannot pronounce the injury, uh, it's probably not great. Yeah. I'm not a doctor, but that, that's my official diagnosis. If you can't pronounce the injury, it's probably not good. Uh, when it involves a shoulder for a pitcher, it's especially bad. Yeah, I, th- I think the general rule of thumb is however many weeks you're out is about how many weeks you need to ramp back up. So if he's not throwing a baseball for two weeks, uh, that's going to mean he's going to need at least two rehab starts is my guess, maybe even three. Um, or maybe he'll just do a week of throwing and then two rehab starts, but that's the minimum. That's, that's best case scenario for them right now. And let's see Columbus. Well, Logan Allen finally made a start last week. It wasn't a good start, but it was a start. Uh, Scott Moss came back for them, made a start. Wasn't a good start. He only, and both those guys only got in the second inning. They didn't really throw a lot. So it's not like they're in any, any position to be giving the Indians any help because they both are coming off their own injuries and, have not pitched a lot, so they're not really ready to compete at the big league level. And Eli Morgan got pulled on Sunday from his start while Bieber was still pitching in Cleveland. So I don't know if Morgan, if Morgan being pulled from or being not, he didn't even make a start. He just got can't you know his start got wiped. They put a made a put a bullpen game in his place. I think the plan was Morgan was going to start Thursday because Thursday start against the Orioles was to be determined. And they had just sent McKenzie down. Right. So Thursday would have been Morgan's day to pit or McKenzie's day to pitch. So that could be Morgan. Um, Beaver was still pitching on Sunday at the time Morgan got pulled. So I, I don't think Morgan was pulled because of Bieber. So that means they were already planning on having Morgan in the rotation. Now Bieber being hurt doesn't make things any better for them. And that's all the starters they have in AAA on the 40-man roster. They don't have anybody else. That's that's it. I mean, uh, Kirk McCarty has, has been a solid this year, and maybe maybe he can be an emergency starter. He's not on the 40, and that would necessitate a move. But like you just said, there's really nobody in Akron to go up to Columbus. No, um, no, not even, th- this is, not even close. This is what really <laughs> is a bummer about Joey Cantillo is – I thought Joey Cantillo had a, had a chance to start for the Indians this year if he had a good season, and with him being out, that just wipes everything off the board for him. And you know, like you said, their their depth is completely gone right now. Yeah, I mean, the only good news, obviously, is that guys like Allen and Moss are healthy. So if a, if a move needs to be made, it can be. I mean, you're not going to get any length probably from any of them, so they're going to be really be leaning on this bullpen. Um, Leaning on guys like Cal Quantrill and like you were talking about on Twitter, Trevor Steffen is going to prob- probably be uh, ramping up his pitch count in maybe in relief in a long man role. Who knows what's going to be going on there? But it's uh, it's definitely concerning. These these either could be a really rough few weeks for the Indians or um, a miraculous few weeks for the Indians. So hopefully we get the miraculous kind. <laughs> yeah, I mean they've they've had these issues in the past before, but they've always had the pitching to survive it. Right, at least in the bullpen. The bull, I mean, the bullpen's been good. I mean, you, Karen Check, Sean Classe have been pretty good. Uh, Quantrill was part of that bullpen. Sandlin's been pretty good. Uh, Phil Maton was okay the other day. You know, they they tried to get him to the third inning of a relief, and he gave up a home run. Not a shock. Yeah, uh, they probably tried to push him to a little bit too far, but. They're going to – I mean, that bullpen's already thrown a lot of innings. They're going to throw a lot more. And they just call Kyle Nelson Bieberstead to be in the bullpen. There's not even any relievers in Columbus that are on the 40. Like, it's literally every, – every pitcher on the 40-man roster is basically in Cleveland aside from Allen and Moss, I think, at this point, and McKenzie because mm-hmm. McKenzie is technically 
back at AAA, and he's got to be down there for 15 days unless, God forbid, somebody else gets hurt. So there right. is just there's just no moves to be made right there. It's it's very wild. I, we haven't seen this in a while. And I, I get what you were saying about all these trades they've made. I, I wonder what not having a 2020 season, what kind of impact that has had on the development of guys like Logan Allen, Scott Moss, because Logan Allen didn't really pitch last year outside of like random mop-up roles. And Scott Moss mm-hmm. was at the alternate site all year. So I kind of wonder what the impact of that was on all this. Yeah. I mean, that that's definitely a factor into this. I mean, might be the injuries as well. Who knows? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be a tough week. And, and obviously I think just going back, they wouldn't have sent McKenzie down if they knew. So this, this definitely came up yesterday on, on Sunday. Um, for, for Bieber or else they would have been more prepared because obviously now with McKenzie having to go down for, f- for 15 days, um, it, it really puts them in more of a bind than they would have been had they were able to had they been able to keep him on the roster. I mean, yeah, it's it's basically popsicle sticks and glue gun right now. It's Aaron Savali yeah. and and like you just said, Cal Quantrill, I believe, starts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, JC Mejia starting Monday night as we're recording this. Uh, yeah, Cal Quantrill gets a start this week. I think Eli Morgan is the guy Thursday, and I'm, I'm trying to look through the uh, the rotation plan I had earlier in the week uh, from an email. Yeah, it was Mejia, Quantrill tomorrow, Savali Wednesday, and to be determined on Thursday, which will probably be Eli Morgan, which means Friday has to be, I'm going to guess Sam Henches, because he's still up in the in the in the on the roster and he's been pitching out of relief the last couple of days just because guys have been going yeah. very long. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you get McKenzie back in 15 days when he serves his full stint in triple a, but this is, this is really just popsicle sticks and glue at this point. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's going to be tough. I mean, I mean, maybe they make a move. They bring up Allen and Moss and send two guys down on a day to, to get some length, but I'd be surprised to see something crazy like that. Cause they're just going to be, I mean, looking for innings wherever they can find them. And it's it's just going to be – I guess it'll be interesting to watch as as a fan to kind of see how they get it done, but the games might not be fun to watch in terms of the results. So I guess yeah. we'll just cross our fingers and see what happens. Yeah, you could see a lot of shuffling. You could see Allen come up one day or Moss come up one day and serve as a long man and then send him back down and, and bring somebody else back up just to kind of shuffle the roster around a little bit. I guess that's the way they could plan it out, depending on who goes when and how many. I mean, they really need they need Quantrill and Mejia to give them at least four or five innings each. That's because yeah. the last two times they pitched, they did not get out of the first inning, and it was ugly. So that's mm-hmm. going to be a problem. But, like, you know, the impact this has down up, up and down the system, I guess there's really no impact lower in the system. I mean, there's, there's nobody in Akron that they can call on to jump and, and be ready. I mean, they kind of have what they have, and – I yeah. I half joked. I said maybe by the end of the year, the other Logan Allen might make his way up. I don't know. Like, <laughs> he, he might not have much of a choice. He might be the next best option, honestly. And what's funny is I was just thinking, like, the best option to maybe eat some innings in Akron might actually be Francisco Perez, um, who's yeah. been their best reliever so far this year, maybe besides uh, Nick Michalicek. But, yeah, those starters, uh, McCarthy was solid to start the year, and now it's been – He's, he's hit a little bit of a rough patches. They played some better teams. Um, so, yeah, it, it, there really isn't much there. The only thing that could happen in terms of guys in Akron moving up is to cover innings for guys in Columbus. Um, that's probably the only movement you're going to see from Akron up to anywhere in, in terms yeah. of pitching staff. Tanner Tolley was already in Columbus, and he got bumped back down to Akron, and he might be headed back up there to cover innings uh, if, the, if that comes to it. And I don't really know. There's nobody else on that. Akron pitching staff that I think goes up. I mean, like you said, McCarthy has been good, but he's hit some some roadblocks. Um, I guess Hillman and and uh, shoot, who's it? Alex Royalty have been have been yeah. good. They've been steady, mm-hmm. but they haven't been like blowing anybody away to where you're going to promote them. I mean, maybe maybe Hillman can go to AAA just because he's been in AA before, and and they might need the innings. But yeah, Tolly and Hillman can go up, and that's about it. But those aren't guys that are major league options. They're just guys that are going to fill innings for Columbus. But that, that could mean, you know, Logan Allen gets moved to double A where he probably belongs at this point. So, yeah, and then for sure. 
we don't know how long Eli Lingos is out. There was no update on that, correct? No, no, nothing for that. Um, I mean, obviously they threw him on the IL, facial fracture. I mean, he's been active on Twitter, so obviously he's doing fine, but nothing from the team saying anything. Um, I can't imagine he'll be back anytime soon as well. So, I mean, he's lucky that it was just a facial fracture, but – yeah, yeah I think it hit him in a in a uh, a decent to get hit in the head. Obviously, is no good. But he, the the spot hit him, I believe, was kind of on the cheekbone area, right below his temple, or to the right of his, or just off to the side of his temple, more towards his eye. Um, so that was definitely you know a blessing in a way that he wasn't. I mean, probably a couple inches to the to the one side, it could have hit him in the temple, which is a dangerous spot, and then a couple inches the other way would hit him in the eye, which um, is obviously not good either. So. Yeah, so he'll be out for a little bit. And, and the last time you asked Ruggie Odor, he did not have any updates on, on Cody Morris and Adam Scott, who were supposed to be part of the rotation, correct? Right. Yeah, no, he, he had no no uh, idea on either of them. I don't know if he really even knew if they were supposed to be up here at any time. Um, the way he kind of answered was like, yeah, he was very, very basic, very general. So he might not have any inclination to, to when they'll be there at all, but – Basically, all I just said is that they're making progress. So, I mean, maybe maybe they'll be there sometime this summer. But, yeah, no no really way of knowing there. They sure could use him now. Uh, that's especially yeah. disappointing. And and Scott, Adam Scott could have been a guy who could have helped them in the rotation up in Cleveland because he was an advanced arm too. Um, mm-hmm. let's, let's try to talk about some good news. So we <laughs> talked I – talked, I mentioned Trenton Brooks briefly. Uh, he's up in Columbus. He was just absolutely destroying the ball in Akron and – uh, he's already off to a good start in Columbus. Brooks was a uh, a 17th round pick out of Nevada in 2016. I he was a two way player in college. And then Jeff Ellis, who at, at the time was our, uh, our kind of our resident draft expert, had said he was an interesting player as far as a guy who walks a lot and has some athleticism because he was a two way player. And he's and Brooks has really performed at every level. He's had good numbers everywhere he's played. It hasn't been great, but it's been good. Um, but the last two two years, I would say, 2019, 2019, he was really good. Obviously, this year he's been really good. Um, the only thing I can really point to, I haven't I haven't seen him in person. Obviously, you have. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can point to is his poll percentage has gone way up in the last couple of years. So I was looking this up earlier for a story. Um, before 2019, he was about 40, 45% uh, pull percentage. And then 2019 comes and he gets to Akron and he starts pulling the ball about 50% of the time. That's what he did this year. Uh, he's always hit a lot of fly balls anyway. So the only thing I can think of is that he's just trying to get the ball in the air more and get the pull side power. And it's working. Is there, Anything I'm missing there? Does that seem about right to you? What, do you, what are you making at Trenton Brooks so far? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I can't – I know he had the opposite field home run um, in Columbus this past week, but now that you, you start mentioning that, I do feel like he definitely pulled the ball more. Um, I mean, I talked about this a little last time I was on. The, the, the most encouraging thing about someone like that is that his, his play discipline profile is extremely strong. I mean, right now in Akron he was walking at a 20% rate. Um, almost 21% and striking out 18%. So he, that's extremely, ex- extremely good. And, and if you start lifting the ball more and you're hitting the ball hard, obviously that's going to mix very well. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, I've definitely been impressed. And, and it's very similarly uh, with Alex Call. You know, these guys are just blooming late. And, and maybe there's someone that uh, can make a team somewhere. I don't know if they'll be in Cleveland. Um, but I guess we'll see sometime soon here in the next, in the next year or so. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I can really – like, it's hard to know what to make of some of these guys, especially the older ones, because remember everybody lost last year because of COVID, and mm-hmm. these guys obviously were not at the alternate site. They're a little bit older, but the average age in AA this year is a little older than it normally is just because of the way things have backlogged because of last year. And without the experience of playing last year, maybe age to level doesn't – it's harder to evaluate. You know, if in a normal season, if Trenton Brooks is 25 and doing this in Akron, I would pretty much just – I wouldn't totally dismiss it, but I would be much more skeptical about what he's doing because 25 is really 
on the old side for double A, but it's closer to average this year because of last year and because he didn't play. I'm more inclined to kind of wonder if there's something there. And same with Alex Call. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know. It's it's hard hard to say, but their numbers are hard to ignore. And you know, both guys don't strike out a lot. Both guys are hitting for power. They're playing every day, and it's not as if Cleveland has a ton of outfield options that are blowing them away. So the only problem with those two guys is they both could very easily go in the rule five draft this winter. If anybody thinks that what they're doing right now is, is even halfway legitimate. I don't know that Cleveland has the luxury of putting them on the 40 man roster just to see, because they have so many young kids down in the lower levels, they are going to have to roster. So those two are, are in a really good spot for their career. Either Cleveland buys what they're doing and this keeps up all year or another team is willing to take a chance on them because they're going to be right for the picket in rule five. If they continue this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, we were talking about this the other day They're They're either, either going to be on the 40 man or they'll probably be on another squad uh, maybe, or maybe they're a trade piece. We were talking and a team like Pittsburgh could definitely uh, be interested in a couple and you know, these two guys, but yeah, I mean, so it's obviously a pretty small sample size. You know, we've only had about a month and a half here of, of minor league baseball, but if obviously this continues um, and they put up, I mean, if, they, if their OPS continues to be tops in the entire system, they're going to be turning some eyes and some big league organizations. Uh, so a tweet today from from Ian's perspective, and I definitely don't think anybody had Alex Cole and Trenton Books as the top two in OPS here midway through June. No, not not at all. Especially, <laughs> I mean, Call was not good in his uh, half season in Akron in twenty nineteen, a five eighty seven OPS. That was two years ago. And and the thing is, like like I said before, so in twenty nineteen he was twenty four years old, or no, I'm sorry, he was twenty three because he hasn't turned uh, he hasn't turned twenty seven. There he was twenty four, so he turns twenty seven in September. It's not like he was old for the level in twenty nineteen. He was about normal, and then. You know, everybody had the year off that last year, and he's he's still old for the level this year, but it's not like he's super old for the level, and, and you factor in the year off. It's very weird. Also, I just noticed this, too. Alex Call has nine steals and been caught once. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of doing it all. Yeah, and he did he did have 14 steals uh, his first his first year in the minors. So uh, there has been some uh, some running there for him in the past. He's, he's had over – excuse me, he's had over 60 uh, um, attempts in his career so far. So there's definitely, uh, at least he's been trying, and, and obviously he's been very successful this year. So and that, that was something I think Akron was was doing um, intentionally this week. They, a lot of them were stealing, stealing throughout the uh, throughout the week. So that was probably uh, in the scouting report. I don't know who's catching for, uh, for Altoona, but there was probably a week around they were going to take advantage of. Yeah, and on the other end of things, and, and we talked about this briefly on Twitter um, about Tyler Freeman not really running. And I, I'm not, I don't want to say Tyler Freeman's in a slump because he's really not, but I will say he's only had, uh, okay, so his last walk, this is what I kind of, this kind of popped out to me looking at his stats today. He has not had a walk since May 25th. Uh, he's only struck out five times in that span. And he's had a couple of two hit. He's had one, two, three, two hit games, a lot of one hit games and a one over four and, and an over three. So it's not like he's doing terribly, but I don't know. He's kind of in a stretch where he's, and he's not getting extra, a lot of extra base hits. He only has three doubles since that day. Um, so I don't know what's going on with him. I think the league maybe has just maybe got a better scouting report on him. He's being shifted on perhaps he's hard to shift on because he gets the ball the other way a lot. Yeah. And he also can drive the ball to left field, but um, I know they've been, I mean, I don't know how much you caught of the Erie series when they, after that date, but um, anything you make of what's going on with him, because his average has slipped from like 352 to 319 in the span. Yeah. I mean, he was up to 372 in that week against Erie. Um, I honestly just think it's, it's a little bit of, they're probably getting um, a better scouting report on here midway through June, and, and the cops getting better. I mean, he really took advantage of, of Binghamton and and, uh, and Redding um, that two week span where he he raised his average from before that five hit game. He was hitting two eighty one, and by the end of the so then they played uh, 
one more game against Syria. That was his five hit game, which really bumped his average up. And then they play rating in uh, Binghamton, and he was up to 370 by the end of those two series. So I think Erie, you know, is more of a challenge, and he did fine against them. But Altoona, you know, a team they hadn't seen a lot, hadn't seen it all this year yet, and um, much better competition than what they've seen so far. So probably a little bit of both there in terms of teams getting a better report on him and also, you know, probably just seeing better arms. What do you see in his at-bats? I mean, he's always been an aggressive hitter, and my only real concern about him is the lack of walks. And it's not a deal-breaker not as far as what his future potential is because he hits the ball – so well and he can barrel the ball even if it's not for home run power um but does he does he get deeper into counts like you see him in, in his at bats is he working you know four or five pitches deep and putting the ball in play or is he is he really swinging the bat to try to put the ball in play on the first like two one or two pitches of the at bat yeah i definitely think he's more aggressive for sure um in terms of, of seeing i don't think his um his his um, approach really is ever to let me work to count. Let me get a pitch. Let me be selective. I think it's more um, just trying to put, put the ball in the gap and, and drive the ball to all fields. And obviously if he's driving the ball in all fields, he's probably got pretty good plate coverage. He probably can get to a lot of different pitches and that shows in, in his K percentage, which is, which is well, well below average. So yeah, I think he's just kind of aggressive up there. Not kind of, he's very aggressive up there and, and that's really his goal. Let me put the ball in play and, and use my, my speed and, you know, see what it does from there. Yeah, Pat Ellington and I, a couple weeks ago, were trying to talk about this and figure out how that approach works at the major league level. There's so few guys that can pull it off. And I, th- I think I think Freeman can. He's talented mm-hmm. enough. But, like, the only things we could really come up with were, I don't know, Nick Madrigal and, and Tim Anderson were, were kind of the guys. Like, Alcides Escobar used to do that with KC, but he wasn't really a great player. He was, like, okay and a great defensive shortstop for a while. But there just aren't a ton of examples in the majors, but I think it can work. Yeah. I mean, in that kind of approach that might hurt him when he get up, when he gets up there at first, you know, obviously if, if you're putting the ball in play and you're not getting good, bad luck, then, uh, then, you know, you're going to struggle. But if he's, if he's putting the ball in play and he's hitting, he's getting base hits, he's going to be fine. And I, I think he obviously has a talent to do that. I mean, there's a reason he's got a projected 70 grade hit towards because he puts the barrel on the ball. He's not just putting the bat on the ball. Um, right. And I expect him to, to be successful, if, if not the first go around, you know, pretty close to it. How about Rishi Palacios? Kind of the same thing. He's, I mean, he's walking a little bit more, mm-hmm. but puts the ball in play a ton. And you just had a feature on him today that was really good. If anybody hasn't checked that out, uh, Rishi Palacios sounds like a, I, I've never talked to him. He, cause he missed all 2019. He was barely around in 2018. And um, obviously no one talked to him last year, but you had a good chat mm-hmm. with him and, um, what are your thoughts on him, uh, you know, from your interview and just what you've seen from him at the plate and in the field? Yeah, I mean, as a guy, he's, he's super cool. Um, he's pretty active on social media. In fact, last night he was putting up on his Instagram story, you know, asking me questions, stuff like that. So he's interacting with fans. Um, I know he's gone on a couple couple um, podcasts and has had some interviews with guys I've seen on Twitter. So he's, he's definitely happy to talk to guys, um, you know, and, and – it was kind of funny. He, it was his third day in a row when I interviewed him for the feature, uh, talking to the media, and he had no problem. So he's he's a really cool guy, someone that um, when he gets up to the majors, it's in Cleveland or if it's somewhere else, he's going to be a fan favorite for sure. And, and yeah, I mean, he's just – I really like his, his mentality and his approach. I mean, obviously coming from a baseball family, he's got the uh, – he's got the pedigree for sure. And just from what I've seen from him so far in Akron, I mean, it's, it's very similar to – to um, Tyler, he's not he's not gonna, you know, crush the ball over the fence. I mean, he's a little guy. He's 5'10", 180 pounds. He's not you know physically imposing, but he really he really barrels the ball well. And as I kind of talked to Brooks, it's always really really encouraging when guys are walking at the rate they are, and also uh, not striking out a lot. Like um, last time we spoke, he was walking more than he strike out. It might it might be back a little more. Yeah. So he's got 18 walks, 24 strikeouts now, but he's, uh, he's done a great job. If he's working deep in counts, you know, getting his pitch and, and driving it, you know, whichever way, you know, he's trying to, he's trying to hit the ball. Yeah. I mean, the power has been okay. He's got a 463 OEP. He had a, he's got 12 doubles and a triple now. Um, only four for seven on this, on the base paths. Uh, mm-hmm. But considering, 
like we keep saying, did wasn't around last year and uh, was hurt all of pretty much all twenty nine. Yeah, he didn't play anywhere in twenty nineteen. He was hurt right the um, whole year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he this is I mean considering he he went from low A. So in twenty eighteen he made it to Lake County low A for twenty games and he was good. I mean this is about what he was doing in Lake County. He in Lake County in twenty eighteen. Um, he had 300, 317 OBP, so he wasn't getting on base a ton, but it was only 20 games and a 425 slug. So then he misses all 2019 with the shoulder, misses 2020 because of COVID. So he skipped high A, and he was not part of the alternate training site last year. And people look at his age, you know, being 24 years old. That's about average for Akron for the AA level right now. So I would say what he's doing is really impressive considering the circumstances. And um, this is – this is kind of right about the scouting report that was out on him in the draft as a guy who walks a lot and uh, can get on base. But the real question now is, can he stick in center field? Because obviously Cleveland is experimenting with a lot of versatility because they have so many second baseman shortstops. And Pal- I don't want to say Palacios lost his footing with the group of like Fermin or, or Freeman or Arias or Jimenez or any of those guys, but you know, having not played in two years is going to naturally do that, but he's putting himself kind of back in that conversation. But do you think center field is probably the spot he can, he can stick in if he's going to make it, or do you think maybe it's more of a, he'll play second base, but can also play center field. Yeah. And just going back to, I think that 2020 season having it off was great for him. So he could really recover on that injury and focus on, you know, get back to baseball. But just in terms of, of what you're asking, I think, I think his, his role to start, he's not going to surpass guys like Arias and Freeman. Um, you know, maybe it's, it's a super utility kind of role. He can play all three spots in the outfield. He's been playing all three spots in the outfield. And, and that's where Cleveland has needed help the last couple of years. Um, Ruge was, was, um, you know, pretty happy with his performance out there. And, and, and Richie obviously feels like, He's, um, you know, been pretty comfortable out there as well. We talked a little bit about last time. Obviously, the arm probably profiles best in left field. He's definitely got the speed to stick out there. Maybe not in center, but definitely, you know, quick enough to play in the outfield. But um, it's tough. It's good to see him feeling good about the arm, at least because the injury was um, a torn labrum in his throwing shoulder, not just his throwing shoulder, his swinging shoulder. So, you know, there could have been some real issues in terms of him getting back to to where he needed to be on both sides of the field. So it's, it's honestly pretty amazing how well he's doing with, you know, the adversity he, um, you know, received obviously with, with the injury and then the one that everyone received with losing the 2020 season. So um, yeah, just to sum up going back with your, with your question, I, I think he could for sure be a center field type. I mean, Cleveland hasn't been too concerned with the defense they're getting in center field at some points, obviously you know, when they threw Rosario out there, that was more about, you know, getting a bat lineup. So as long as he's hitting, I think Cleveland will, once he gets up to the big league squad, of course, um, you know, do what they can to get him in the lineup, if that's in center field, left field, or or maybe even at second base, who knows. Yeah, and he'll be another guy that's going to be on the fringe of that 40-man roster this winter because he's Rule 5 eligible, and there might be some other guys that still have priority in front of him in Cleveland. So the way he's playing, if he's playing this well at the end of the year and, you know, he proves he can play second and center, another guy that might wind up on somebody else's roster, that's going to be a theme we're going to have to talk about the rest of the year and going into the offseason. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye on that. Uh, I had a couple of people ask me about Bo Naylor over the last couple of weeks. His strikeout <laughs> rate is is pretty high up. And I noticed he's popping up a lot. He's got a high infield fly ball rate, a very high fly ball rate for a guy who really in the past was not a, a strictly a fly ball hitter. So I'm not concerned about him just because I know he's young. He's skipping high A essentially, even though he was at the alternate site last year. And it's a small sample size. And he's also got the strain of catching too. But uh, any anything you make of his struggles so far? Yeah, I think the big thing here with him is is how mature he is um, from what we've seen with him being at the alternate site and, and just being 21 and, and being in Akron. You know, they felt that he was at least mentally ready to be at this at this level of play. So I think, honestly, it's, it's good for him. You know, everyone's going to go through struggles. Um, 
especially as a catcher, if you're a starting catcher and you're struggling to hit, you know, you might just have to stick through it at times. So this is good for him to try to, you know, get through this type of type of failure and, and work through that. That's, you know, it's part of baseball. And I think he'll be fine too. I mean, he only had obviously a season in rookie ball and then, and then in, in uh, I believe in Lake County, you know, in low A. So he's, he skipped high A as well. And, there's going to be an adjustment period for a lot of these guys. And this is kind of what we expected, I think, coming into 2021 is they're going to be guys that we, we, we know are good and have potential to be good and they're going to struggle. And that's, that could be product of, of missing, you know, an entire year of baseball. So, you know, be patient with him. If, if he finishes the year, he hits 148 like he is right now with a 247 slug, then I'll start to worry. But at this point, you know, it's, it's a month and a half in um, a guy like this is, is bound to figure it out. Yeah, it's 81 at bats. I, I don't think there's any reason to be alarmed yet. I mean, yeah, it is a lot of strikeouts, and like I said, he is kind of popping up a lot. But yeah, maturity wise, not an issue. I don't think he'll ever have any issues with uh, confidence. And and he finished late uh, his year in Lake County in 2019 really strong. In 2019, he was it was a rough first half. He had a a 698 698 OPS, so it wasn't a great first half. But he ended the second half with a 764 OPS, and he was a 19-year-old catching full-time in his first full season in the big. So that improvement was really, really impressive for him um, when that happened. So I would not be surprised at all if the second half of his season this year um, ends up being a really good one. But at least for the Indians' sake, he is not Rule 5 eligible for next year. So um, right, they're, and they're not pressed on him. Yeah, and they don't need him up. Really, anytime soon. I know Perez has a couple years left, and Hedges as well. They're both still in the arbitration uh, arbitration years, but they're not. They're they have both both those guys who are, are defensive wizards behind the plate. They're not going to need Bo to be up, you know, anytime soon. So I think this is fine. Slim develop down in Double A. Maybe he starts out there again next year and, and see where it goes from there. Yeah, only twenty one years old, and he won't be twenty two until uh, next February. So lots of time ahead of him. We talked about born, Alex Royalty. What's that? I said he was born in 2000. That's just. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're getting to that point, man. We're getting to that point. Trust me. I'm 22 and I'm feeling old. This this is great. All right. <laughs> You're feeling old, man. I don't I, I, had, I, I don't know what. I, I can't recall the top of my head what, uh, if you asked uh, Richie Palacios, what kind of music he listens to. Oh, I did. Uh, he was saying hip hop. Yeah. I didn't ask yeah, him specifically, but he said hip hop, which. <laughs> I talked to I think I mentioned this on another podcast. I don't know if I don't know if it was last week or a few weeks ago, but um I talked to um was it Will Brennan. Yeah, Logan, Logan Allen okay. and Will Brennan and I'm I'm working on my Will Brennan feature and both of them uh mentioned artists and I think I, I had heard of one of the artists, but they they the songs they mentioned specifically, I was like, okay, I'm not even gonna not even gonna try to act like I know who that is because I don't. And <laughs> when I when I started out covering minor league baseball, I was a I was eighteen years old, and um, some of the players were older than I was, so that was different. And now I'm getting to the point where like these guys are mentioning what they listen to, what they watch, and I'm like, mm, okay, I'm clearly I'm getting old here because I don't know any. You gotta of those get names. culture, Justin. You gotta be able to relate to the players. Come on, oh, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> I liked your I liked your question to Palacios about his shoes. I didn't. I didn't. I, I'm guessing he is a really like, oh sneaker yeah, he's head a sneakerhead. Yeah, yeah. He, okay. uh, he's got the shoe game going. He's been throwing out some pretty cool stuff. He had some Supreme shoes on yesterday, or the Supreme logo on his Adidas shoes. Um, he's wearing some. He's got some Jordans. I think teed up. I'm not sure if he's worn those yet. And then he had those uh, those custom rubber ducks uh, sneakers that he wore for for one of the uh, back on one of the homestands that we have linked in the, the article. So he's a sneakerhead. He's a really cool, really really modern guy that um, you know guys people my age, fans my age are definitely gonna relate to for sure. <laughs> yeah, I uh, a lot of these guys are now about ten years younger than I am. We're getting to that point, so don't <laughs> worry, you'll you'll get there too um, yeah. if you already feel like you are. Uh, we talked about Royalty and Hillman uh, have been steady starters, nothing spectacular. There's probably room in the acting rotation if, if, say, Cleveland decided Logan Allen was ready for a promotion. I feel like they've been trying to get by with what um, I think Eric Mock at some point has stepped in to make a yeah. – they've had a couple guys make spot starts. So I feel like there's room 
to add someone to that that rotation. Thomas Ponticelli has been has been you know solid. I wouldn't say anything special either, but there's definitely room for promotion for, in the rotation. Correct. Oh yeah, and Mock actually got sent back down to Lake County um, last week as well. So they're and but they have Tully now, but um, definitely Ponticelli is someone I don't think they're really set on keeping in the rotation um, long term. But he's been filling in nicely through five scoreless. Uh, the last start I saw of his um, in their doubleheader win against Erie, and I think he was pretty solid this past week again. So he, he's been good. You know, they, if he continues to be good, obviously you want to keep him there. But um, there's there's definitely some room to see. That, okay, well we can move on from this guy. There's not really much more to see. Um, it's not like they're going to grow into anything more than than what they are. If, if that's what they decide, I think that's definitely more than justifiable. Yeah, I think Hellman's one guy. Hellman and Tully both probably should be in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, with the backlog they initially had, they were starting in Akron, but the way things have gone, I think it's time for them to, to see Columbus just because of the way the injuries are. Anything else I missed um, about Akron that you want to bring up? I know they're on the road this week to Bowie, and Bowie's got Grayson Rodriguez of uh, the Orioles' top prospect going. That'll be fun to watch. They come back home. Next week, finally, after this 12-game road trip, and they face Erie, who just got Spencer Torkelson and Dylan Dingler. And like you said, they've already struggled with Erie this season. So that's going to be a fun uh, next 12 games for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson in the same lineup is going to be very fun to watch, um, unless you root for the Cleveland Indians and their (laughs) affiliates. So luckily, as an unbiased journalist, it'll be fun for me to watch. but, yeah, I mean, just anything else to mention, obviously, Francisco Perez has been really, really impressive. Um, mentioned him last podcast we talked as someone who might be able to to fill in for some innings, and he's looked looked really good. He's continued to look really good. Um, and I was able to talk to him um, back on June 6th and Akron's last home game, and he was talking about how he's felt like he's been able to tap more into his velo uh, this year coming out of the pen. So that was something you hadn't really seen before him get up to the mid-90s, and that's where he's been really all season. So – um, that that was um, really good to hear, and he's he's saying he it's been an easy transition for him, and he's been he's been able to be more aggressive um, in terms of you know um, his approach and you know mentality as a, as a reliever versus being a starter. He he said you know as a starter you go kind of inning by inning, and it's it's more it's more methodical, and and he was saying that now he can he can just go right at batters and just with his best stuff. Yeah, the numbers suggest that's exactly what he's been doing. I guess he'll keeps doing this. He'll be an option for the bullpen either here or somewhere else. I know they re-signed mm-hmm. him what last year as a minor league free agent because he's been in the system long enough. But he'll keep uh, he keeps doing this. He'll be an option for somebody soon. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to Columbus. We already talked about Trenton Brooks' strong start. Uh, Gabriel Arias is off, is off to well, he I shouldn't say we're we're a month in now, but he. He's not putting up great numbers, but the one thing I will note is that through 135 plate appearances, he has a a 13% walk rate, which is way higher than his highest total ever. And as an 18-year-old in, in A ball in 2018, he had an 8.1% walk rate. So he's in AAA as a 21-year-old, and he has close to doubled his walk rate. Not That's maybe 40% up. Um, that's really good for him. Very important for his approach. Uh, he's usually a hacker. So the fact that he's walking as much as he is, is I think a great sign. Even the num- even the numbers aren't there. This is an aggressive promotion for him. Um, that's been fun to watch. Nolan Jones is starting to heat up. He had a really good week last week. We'll talk about that in a minute. Oscar Mercado. Oh my goodness. Have you paid attention to Oscar Mercado is doing in the month of June, Caleb? Yeah. Yeah. It's been good to see. Good to see. Cause Oscar, Oscar needed this. Um, you know, it started, it was starting to look like he might be a DFA option, honestly. Hopefully he can continue to stretch and, and be an option for Cleveland, you know, maybe about the end of this year or next year, because we, I mean, before the season, I think we both thought he was going to be the main guy in center field. It was really surprising to see him go down to AAA and and then do as badly as he was. So to see any signs of success from him, I think, is really encouraging and good to see. I hope uh, pretty soon. Columbus has had very different rules about – I mean, all of us in Lake County and, and Akron have been doing interviews by Zoom. 
Um, Columbus has opted not to do those interviews uh, for whatever reason is going on there. Um, hopefully because uh, things have been improving, um, that will change in the month of June at some point. So I'd love to get a, a, a read on what's changed for Mercado because he had a 490 OPS in the month of May, and he has over 1,000 OPS in the month of June um, with three homers and 11 RBI. I don't know where in the world he's going to fit in the outfield because, you know, you still have Eddie Rosario. And Josh Naylor is pretty much tied to right field now because um, Cleveland chose to cut bait with Jake Bowers and bring up Bobby Bradley instead of moving Naylor to first base. And um, Zimmer has been okay. Luplo is, is in a rehab assignment, so he's on the mend. Harold Ramirez has been pretty solid. I don't know where Mercado fits, but man, it's it's super hard to keep him down the way he's playing. And maybe he's a guy they trade for somebody. Maybe maybe the Yankees need a center fielder for the rest of the year, and they're like <laughs> Oscar Mercado. And and I don't know what the Indians get back, but um, I just don't know what they do with him. It, it, it's kind of a good problem to have, even though we don't really see any guys that are making a major impact. But at least you have an option if someone gets hurt. You know, God forbid, there's another injury. At least yeah. Oscar Mercado was torching the ball in AAA, and if you call him up to replace somebody, at least you know he's he's doing well. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I don't know if New York would be a great move for him. Uh, that would be – if he started seeing any sort of <laughs> yeah. um, struggling there, the fans would let him hear it, and that's not something you want for a guy who – I mean, I think we've heard that he was had some confidence issues, and, I mean, that's what we yeah. all kind of been speculating, but um, that would not be good for him at all, but – yeah, like we said, it's just good to see, and hopefully, you know, this continues for him because he's a good guy, and I think we've all been rooting for him for a while now. So good to see from him for sure. Well, at the Indians' luck, you know what would happen? They trade Mercado to, to New York, and he would just oh, you know, he goes take, off, take yeah. off and be an everyday starter, Cameron uh, Maven style. Yeah, jeez, oh, that would be great. That would just be <laughs> the way things have gone. Uh, we talked about Logan Allen and Scott Moss coming back. They both both were only pitching into the second inning and their first starts back and um, they weren't great. I'm not really sure where they go from there, but both of them have not been good this year when they have pitched and um, they've been hurt. So it's, it's going to be a test with those two. DJ Johnson, Anthony goes have returned from the Olympics. They're back on the roster now. Um, neither of them are on the 40, so they don't really factor in right now. And, and we'll see how they look coming back from that. Uh, you mentioned Eli Morgan was pulled from his start on Sunday, or scratched rather. He didn't even pitch, but um, I think he's Thursday's starter in Cleveland. So we'll see uh, what the Bieber injury effect is starting on Friday. So, yeah, Thursday starter, starter to be determined. Um, thought to be Eli Morgan. Friday is supposed to be uh, Shane Bieber. Obviously, he's hurt. We'll see what they do Friday, but uh, good luck to whoever it is because, man, that's uh, those are some big shoes to fill. And they've had a lot of big shoes to fill in the rotation over the, like you mentioned, all the trades they've had and yeah. Plesak being out too. Um, man, it's just not going to be pretty. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's this this soft schedule in the month of June is it's still a good schedule for them, but you know they got smoked by Baltimore last weekend in Baltimore and. Yeah, um, they're they're just going to need to find innings. This is more instead of this being a, a month where they could have thrived and made up some ground on Chicago and the Central, they're just going to be looking to survive the month of June, and then July gets really tough. So this injury yeah. couldn't have come at a worse time for anybody, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Will Brennan has a league high fifteen doubles in Lake County at High Central. Um, some people have asked about a promotion for him. Man, I don't know. Well, I mean, we talked about Alex Call, you know, being really good and, and maybe needed promotion to Columbus. We just talked about Mercado playing well and not having a spot in Cleveland. And Trenton Brooks is up there now. I don't know if Will Brennan, he should be promoted, but where where would he play in Akron? Because you've got Palacios in center a lot of right. days. You have Will Benson um, in the outfield. You have um, Oscar Gonzalez, who's you know really a DH, but. Right. You know, tries to play outfield. Where where does and Steve, you mentioned the other day Stephen Kwan's going to come back soon? So yeah. I don't even know how do they fit Will Brennan into that equation. Yeah, I mean there probably have to be a promotion. Um, Kwan should be back pretty soon here. I, I think if he's not back that that series that Akron comes home. I expect him to be back um, either that that series the 29th, um, I believe. Uh, 
Bowie comes to Akron. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, Bowie comes to Akron that week. So it's it's going to it would probably have to be a promotion. Maybe that's Alex Call, who's an older guy and is and is in the ball well. But that would also probably mean that there's you know movement up in Columbus. Um, it'll probably be around the deadline when we start to see these types of moves, or or you know that halfway season point where they start to make all these all these moves up and down the system. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to juggle around. Maybe Palacios just moves back to infield full time, and that's the way they make room. I think that might happen anyway with with Quan coming back because Quan was the opening day center fielder. He was leading off, playing every day in center field before um, he got injured in the in the fourth game. So maybe that's what happens to Palacios. Maybe he's just a second baseman once that happens, or and maybe he's playing left field, right field here and there. But uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of of juggling just throughout the system and the pitching staff and, and really all over. So I really can't even speculate at this point. There's just so much, so much to, to, uh, to look through for sure. Yeah. Upward. I, I've talked about this multiple times on Twitter. Upward, up, upward mobility in this system is very, very tough just because of the backlog from last year. And also just the way the positions have worked, like moving guys from the infield to the outfield and, and boy, Palacios goes back to the infield You've got Freeman, you've got Fermin, you've got Andrew Monastero, you've got Marcos Gonzalez, who I had to ask you about the other day because he's yeah. really played and uh, yeah. was a guy that was interesting this year. Man, that's just a, a cramped roster. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Logan Allen had another good start last week for Lake County. I At some point, I think he's got to be an Akron. I don't know. I kept saying he's about two starts away from being promoted, and I'm surprised he's gotten this far. Um, it's going to be soon. I, I at least by the draft, I expect Logan Allen to be an Akron. Honestly, it's been going that way. Now that Xavier Curry's in Lake County, we talked about his first start being good. Um, another guy I want to point out is Nick Enright, who I don't have the stats in front of me for Nick Enright, and I can pull them up. But all I can say about Nick Enright is he's a little old for high A. Um, not a guy that's on everyone's radar, but he throws about 93-94 and has just been absolutely lights out. For Lake County, I don't think he's allowed a lot of runs. Yeah, he's got a one six nine ERA in sixteen innings, with twenty seven strikeouts, two walks, uh, three runs allowed in nine games. So he's been spectacular. He's twenty four years old, was a twentieth round pick out of Virginia Tech in twenty nineteen. Um, has a huge curveball. He's one of these guys I've mentioned before. The Indians have a ton of these guys that have that super high arm slot where it's like over the top, kind of like James Karinchak. Mm-hmm. So you've got Karen Shack, you've got um, you've got Nick Enright, Xavier Curry has that same arm slot. Zach Hart has it in Lynchburg. There's a couple other guys that use that arm slot, and it's supposed to supposedly creates ideal backspin on the fastball that makes it play up in the zone well. And when you have a curveball to pair with it, it's really good. Uh, Mason Hickman has the same kind of profile in Lake County, although he's struggled lately. Um, but the Indians seem to really like something about strike throwers who have that arm angle and he's another one of them. Um, and just some other general notes on Lake County, just it, other than Valera coming back, there hasn't been a lot to write home about between Will Brennan and, and, and that on the offense, Brian Rocchio had a solid road trip. Um, he had a home run and a couple of doubles and Jose Tina and Aaron Bracho had homers, but every day it just kind of seems like it's just one or two guys that are good offensively for them. And the rest of the lineup struggles because they're all young and they're super aggressive swingers. They don't strike out a lot, but they put the ball in play a ton. And sometimes it doesn't lead to impact runs, but it's still a young offense. So they're going to go through some ups and downs there. Lynchburg, they've had a lot of rainouts this week. Not a lot to write home about there. I wrote last week in the notebook that um, they're averaging like something like two runs a game without uh, young Kenzie Noel and Micah Preece who continue to be out with injuries no timetable for their return, especially Priest. Uh, last time I talked to um, manager um, Dennis Malave in Lynchburg, he had said that Noel was co- or Noel was coming back, and there was no timetable on Priest. And Noel has been out since with a um, a foot injury for sliding to the bag weird, and, and Micah Priest continues to nurse a hamstring injury, so no updates there. Daniel Spino continues to impress down there. I feel like I feel like he's on the verge of promotion to Lake County, especially if Logan Allen goes up to Double A. And then Josh Wolf and Lenny Torres were kind of piggyback starters on Sunday. They both had pretty nice outings. Both guys have struggled a little bit this year. 
Um, good to see them have some good outings. Anything you want to add, Caleb, before we move on to the questions segment? Yeah, I mean, it's good to see these young pitchers starting to, to have some success, uh, su- some success with Wolf and Torres. Uh, hopefully we start to see them build up the uh, the pitch count and the innings limits uh, maybe come off a little bit. They haven't really eaten some innings so far. Maybe we get to see them uh, really start to take the uh, handcuffs off both of them here as we get deeper into the season. Yeah, they've both been about four innings capped uh, so far this year, and um, this is the first year back for – for Torres after the Tommy John mm-hmm. missing last year because of COVID and then uh, Josh Wolf's first year in the system. We'll see what happens there. All right. Questions for this week. We've got um, loyal listener Nunzio Izzo, Rocchio or Jimenez, who is Cleveland's next long-term star shortstop? Assuming Arias takes over third base, maybe a better question of which of those three is the best defensive shortstop. Uh, Caleb, what are your thoughts there? Oh, man. I think he also meant uh, Columbus Clippers, but he said CBC. Maybe he meant Cleveland. Cleveland Baseball Club is probably what it meant. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Um, obviously, I've seen a lot of Jimenez so far, so that would probably be the uh, the person I would lean towards. He obviously has a pe- uh, tracker to being strong defensively, but I've heard a lot of great things about Arias, especially with that arm. So, I mean, I would take either of them. I haven't seen much of Rokio either. He'd probably be the better person to uh, to ask for this one for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Long-term shortstop. I'm going to say Rokio. I think Rokio's approach, developing power, defense, he has more of the full package. Him and as I'm just not sure on. I don't think he's ever going to hit for much power. Um, and Rokio being a switch hitter is a big help, I think. Arias, I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical on his approach. I mean, he's walking more this year, but I'm skeptical that he is a aggressive hitter and that's going to limit his offensive upside. He's got Arias, no doubt, has the most power. He's got incredible right center power. Um, he's a flashy player, physically gifted. I would say Arias for sure is the best defensive shortstop out of all three. Rokio is is if if Arias is one A defense defensively, Rokio is one B. I would say. Only because Arias has a legitimate 70 grade arm, and Rokio wow. probably has a 60 arm and um, might just have a better base of fundamentals. Rokio is very fundamentally sound. But I'm going to bet on Rokio just because of age and um, the things I see from him. But I, I like Arias a lot, and I, I don't always make a Jimenez because he struggled in his little bit of time in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we just mentioned Will Brennan. Uh, leads the high A central in doubles with 15 and uh, Howard Primer, who's a good friend of mine and the editor or the sports <laughs> desk editor at the news Herald where I used to work asked how many over under on Will Brennan doubles this week. And I know, I know Caleb wants Will Brennan to have a lot of doubles this week. So what are we saying? He's at 15 on the year. What do we think this Ooh. week? So we've had about five weeks. So probably around three and a half, right. Would be the over under. I would take the over there. Just, you uh, know, wishful <laughs> thinking, I think. <laughs> Yeah, all right. You'll take the over. I'll take the over, too. Uh, they're playing with West Michigan. I don't know how good their pitching staff is, but he's been on a hot streak, so I'll say um, over on him. And then we've got a, a question from Hiram, and, Caleb, you can ask. You can speak to this one. How long will Nick Mikulajek be in double-A? Uh, whenever everyone starts getting moved up, he's he'll be gone. Um, <laughs> he'll be gone whenever they make the first promotion, that's for sure. Um, who knows when that'll be, but whenever that is, he's going up to, to AAA. He's extremely, extremely effective in his role and, and pretty advanced, especially for for this only being his second year really in the system. So, you know, coming out of college, more of an advanced arm, but still good to see with, with the little, um, you know, major league experience he's had or minor league experience. And Nunzio Izzo also on Twitter asked about promotions in the minors, about how many transactions we'll start to see, like mm-hmm. Alex Call to Columbus and Will Brennan to Akron. I don't know. It, like you said, it's going to take it's going to take something in Columbus to happen to move Alex Call to AAA and uh, Will Brennan to Akron in the same right. chain of events. So I don't, I don't know when that's going to happen, to be honest with you, but that's what has to happen first is somebody in AAA has to either be traded um, I don't know, maybe they could go on Connor Maribel, but Connor Maribel is the only guy that plays first base besides Trenton Brooks up there, so I'm not sure. Right. That's been their biggest issue with a lot of this. <clears throat> if if someone like Jose Fermin played first base or Marcos Gonzalez, you know, maybe they wouldn't have to house Engelman on the roster, and then that opens a spot. But 
it's just this first base hole kind of through the upper levels is yeah. is restricting the rosters a little bit. Yeah, so it's it's going to be a flurry of moves. I will say this: there will be a chain reaction of moves that will happen. So you'll see, you know, bullpen movement. You'll see starting pitching movement. You'll see all these outfielders. You'll see all these guys get moved at the same time. I would think it'll be a flurry mm-hmm. uh, when it does happen. It'll be a lot to talk about. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get to last week's picks, Caleb. You have got to pick who won last week, and this is a tough okay. one. Yeah. Um, I picked Nolan Jones and Scott Moss last week, <clears throat> and let's see. Jones won eight for nineteen with the homer, six doubles, two RBIs, uh, six walks, six strikeouts. Scott Moss, on the other hand, one start, inning and two thirds, four hits, two runs, uh, a walk, and two strikeouts. Not pretty. Willie was last week's uh, co-host, and he went with Angel Martinez and Logan T. Allen, who he calls the real Logan Allen. At this point, I'm inclined <laughs> to agree with him. Uh, Martinez, rough week, two for 16 with the double and RBI. Logan Allen technically turned in his worst start of his career, and this is this is the worst start of his pro career. Uh, six and a third, which is his longest start of his career. Eight strikeouts, but four walks, five hits, four runs, three earned, and a hit by pitch. Um, that's a tough one to pick. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy when a quality start is one of your worst starts. Uh yeah, this definitely boils down to who had a better week, Nolan Jones or Logan Allen. Uh, both Moss and Angel Martinez were equally uh, equally poor. Um, I'm going to have to go with Nolan Jones. I, th- I think, you know, three earned, four runs is, isn't exactly what you want, but I'm going to have to take Nolan Jones. Um, eight for 19 with six walks um, and a bomb and six doubles. That's that's what you want to see from Nolan here as we progress through the season, him to, to start showing off that power and uh, – start to move that average up to where we expect it to be. Yeah, and like you said, crazy that the the worst start of Logan Allen's pro career so far <laughs> was a quality start, and yeah. he made, it was the longest start of his career. Um, that's why that's why I keep thinking Logan Allen's promotion to Akron has to be coming soon because they keep pushing him into the 90-100 pitch mark range, and I keep thinking that's that's just the, what's going to get him promoted is that they kind of have, have built his arm up. But, yeah, Jones coming around is a good sign, and it was only a matter of time with him, I think. And um, the ball he hit in Iowa was just an absolute bomb. And I've never seen that ballpark before, but from what I hear, <clears throat> it's not an easy ballpark to hit long home runs in. And he did. So yeah, uh, good to see. So mm-hmm. official standings this year, I've got three player of the week wins and I, I don't vote. I let the co-host vote every week. So I can't vote for myself. Uh, <laughs> Willie's got one and Caleb, you got to win Pat and Jacob are zero. So right now, it's me three in the field too, so it's been a tight race so far to start the year. So let's end the podcast this week with uh, this week's picks. Caleb, who are you going with? Uh, hoping for the win next week. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the the hot hand and Will Brennan. I think he's uh he's going to keep it going, and that's why I'm voting for that over for for over three and a half doubles this week. Uh, I'm hoping like eight or nine. That would probably be all right um, in terms of the double count this week. And then I'm going to go with Xavier and Curry. Um, on the pitching side of things. Uh, he looked good in his first outing in Lake County. I think he's going to continue continue to excel out there um, throughout the, through this week. Yeah, he was good against Fort Wayne, and Fort Wayne has given Lake County problems this year, um, not in terms of wins, but just how they've played. Lake County has dominated Fort Wayne. Uh, if you want to look at wins and losses, but they've played him tight almost every time. There's been some blowouts uh, from Fort Wayne, so Curry's start was definitely encouraging. Uh, the only guy that really gave him trouble was um, – Johnny Hamza, who hit a couple home runs. Maybe that was Logan Allen. I can't remember. Either way, that guy was a, a pain for Lake County last week. And, yeah, Will Brennan wouldn't shock me at all if he has four doubles this week. Um, that's just the way he's been going. I'm going to go with George Valera. I'm going to say that um, I, I don't know anything about West Michigan's roster other than they just lost their two best hitters. I couldn't tell you a thing about their pitching. I'll find out because I plan on being at least three games this week. Um, but I think Valera is going to play – a few more innings this week. We might see him in a back-to-back this week for the first time. So I'll bank on him looking really good because his first game back was impressive. And then I'm going to go with Daniel Espino. Uh, I think it's about time for him to turn. I mean, he's had some impressive starts, but I think he's going to turn out a really impressive start. Who is Lynchburg playing this week? Am I going to – did I just get myself into a bad pick? No, yeah, oh, that's a good pick. Yeah, that's yeah. a good pick. They were. <laughs> I think that was the, the team that Lynchburg played the first week of the season and absolutely destroyed – so 
Yeah, um, they're they're eleven and twenty five. So they've they've really struggled. It's just I think for for that Lynchburg pitching staff, it's just in terms of them really excelling, just kind of taking those those any limits off and letting them really go out there and, and run with it. Yeah, he's he's hitting ninety eight, hitting nine hundred every start. His curveball looks good. It's just really fine tuning his command before he's ready mm-hmm. for a uh, a jump up. I don't know how many runs they're going to score because that offense in Lynchburg has been. It's un, it's unbelievable, and I guess it's not unbelievable because there's a lot of young kids. But <clears throat> it's amazing that this offense in Lynchburg was maybe the best in the system with the first month with Jan Kenzie Noel and Mike Caprice, and those guys are out, and that offense has been has totally dried up without them. It's unbelievable, considering right. those two guys are pretty much making their full season debuts. Right. Um, yeah. But clearly, they were really good. So um, that. Is pretty much it. Go read Caleb's feature on Richie Palacios. It's up on the site now. It was a really good one. Um, I think he's a fun guy, and I think that was a great pick to talk to. And um, hopefully, we hear a lot more from Richie throughout the year now that he's healthy. Um, you can follow Caleb on Twitter at Caleb Phillips one L and Phillips eight. Uh, you can follow me at JL underscore Baseball. I've got a feature on Will Brennan coming this week. Um, hopefully that coincides with the promotion. Who knows? Um, we'll bank on that. Uh, draft content every Tuesday and Friday leading up to the draft. Well, he's got his big board stuff. We'll have another mock draft here soon for insiders. Um, I will. We should have full coverage from Lake County this week, who is hosting West Michigan, as I talked about. So they're the first team back home uh, from a long road trip, so we'll have coverage from there all week. So, You'll want to subscribe to see game reports from there as well as the mock drafts. We'll have more draft content as the draft gets closer. Caleb will be in Akron next week when they return home. I'm hoping to get down to an Akron game next week myself um, because that's going to be a fun series, obviously. And I don't know when Columbus returns home. I think they're also home starting tomorrow, but I could be wrong. Uh, it's a month in, so it's hard to hard yeah, to start. They're, they're uh, back, in, back in Columbus tomorrow. Okay, they're back in Columbus tomorrow. They're facing Toledo. Uh, I just saw Toledo over the weekend. They are awful. Uh, <laughs> not a lot to write home about there, but AAA baseball, no, it is what it is sometimes. Uh, I will say this. for They faced Louisville when I was out in Toledo, and Louisville was filled with a bunch of kind of 4A guys, and so was Toledo. I will say at least, at least Columbus has Gabriel Arias. They have Daniel Johnson. They have Nolan Jones. They have Andres Jimenez. They have... Um, no, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Trenton Brooks now is an interesting guy. At least they're not filled with like, I don't know. Like I saw Bo Taylor was in was in Louisville over the weekend, and I saw Wiley, Wiley Peralta was on Toledo, and um, just a lot of guys who are usually like emergency call ups. And at least Columbus doesn't have a lot of that. That's that's a good thing if you want to see AAA baseball because that can be tough sometimes. But. Um, I hope to get down to Columbus this year. Great ballpark. Great people down there. Um, yeah, that's about it. Caleb, anything you want to add? No? Looks like we lost Caleb at the end there. Okay, well, um, no, I think he's back. Caleb, you back? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. I'm not sure what <laughs> okay, happened. Yeah. I just asked you. I was like, you want anything, to, anything you want to add before we get out of here? And then no, yeah. I saw your GM saying that was uh, you're out. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm uh, excited to get back out to Akron next week. And, yeah, check out my feature on Richie. He's a pretty cool guy. You should check out his uh, his social media accounts, too. He's always happy to interact with fans and uh, and talk to talk to people on there. So, yeah, thanks for having me, and, and uh, look forward to being back on sometime soon. Yep, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to Got This Far, and uh, we will catch you again, hopefully later in the week with an Indians-focused podcast. If not, we'll get you next week with another Farm Report. Wow. <laughs>